right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. This is another episode of Hang Time and Friends. I'm your host, Ebony, and I have here with me today, Jessica. I don't know your last name. What is your last name, Jessica? My last name is D'Angelo. D- Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Wait, yeah. do you watch The Office? Yeah. Do you remember D'Angelo's character? No. Oh, uh, it was uh. Will Ferrell's character. Oh, he that's literally like in the died. later seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. He literally died. Well, that's not funny. died. He went in a coma. So yeah, uh, he died. Yeah. But I love that name. Yeah. My name is Jessica D'Angelo, but um, a lot of people know me as Serious Betty because it's a platform that I started and I named it after my Instagram handle. Oh. So yeah, I get Betty a lot. But yeah, my name is Jessica. Some people don't know that, but. Hmm. Wait, why did people call you Betty? Well, because the Instagram is Serious Betty. Oh, so, so they they're like, they just Betty. think I'm Betty. And I don't have my name on my Instagram because my Instagram is um, like an event listing platform. So it's not really about me. Mm. It's about um, the events and the creatives that I cover. So tell me about this event listing platform, Serious Betty. This yeah. sounds very intriguing. So it's the Toronto plug for cool underground shit to do. So I highlight um, parties. I highlight live shows. Um, I highlight like fashion events or art events, a lot of music stuff, like a lot of DJ parties and a lot of live stuff, but Mm. other arts as well. Um, I started off just like sending out a weekly newsletter. Um, It was the Serious Betty newsletter and I was just highlighting cool creatives in the city in Toronto. And then I um, started a website and the website had like a calendar. So you guys probably have similar things like that in in New York. Yeah. Yeah, but for Toronto, we just have like, mainstream um event listing platforms and they don't really make space for a lot of these like underground events or like parties at like in someone's loft you know what i mean yeah no i totally get that yeah so that's what serious betty started as and now um our main platforms it's been a year and a half and our main platforms are still the newsletter our website is relaunching our instagram is like probably the primary primary platform and then i have a radio show that's about uh, seven months old so I host a radio show called Saturdays with Serious Betty and it's on ISO radio which is a community radio station in Toronto dope yeah these are all cool things so how does this how did this all come about like did you just wake up one day like so you had the Instagram handle yeah did you just think to yourself wow I have this Instagram for so long <laughs> what should and I do this is <laughs> kind of part of me mm. what should I do with it now is that kind of like how it went because i know that's how it was for me yeah for unrated ebony but Uh, yeah i mean the way that serious betty honestly came to be was because i was just really interested in going and doing things in a scene that i wasn't really involved in so Mm. it's kind of hard to do that when you don't really know anybody or you don't really know where to look for it but i somehow just like forced my way into like these certain parts like not forced but you know what i mean you just sort of start digging around and i would post on my instagram um like you know stories of where I was at or like a DJ like behind the DJ booth whatever and everyone was like where are you like what are you doing and I'm like (laughs) and then I put a feeler out on my Instagram and I was like yo would anyone be interested in like a newsletter that I wrote and the poll was yes so it's good like my audience at the time like wanted that um so it came and then after the newsletter was out for a little bit I started talking to more people in the community and letting them know my idea like I really want to highlight these parties that we're throwing I really want to highlight these um, events and these artists who are like doing DIY shit and mm. I want to highlight it on a website and everyone's like we we need that like Toronto needs that our scene needs that yeah um so yeah I, I started it wow so you've clearly been in the scene very long and I'm guessing now you have artists that you manage yeah the music thing is interesting okay tell yeah. me about it <laughs> so I started <laughs> off actually 
as an event producer, I still produce events, but Mm -hmm. um, I got involved in entertainment because I was producing um, events for this like all night, kind of like a boil. It was basically like a boiler room situation where we would Mm like um, have DJs play our sets and we would broadcast onto our website. Mm, Okay, Very boiler room. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I was their production manager. And so I was around this like DJ nightlife a lot. So that's how I got like started out in in um, music was mostly through like parties and uh, and producing like dj based events yeah that's that's how it starts yeah (laughs) and then uh, i think i i don't i honestly don't remember why the music like live stuff happened i don't really remember um i think i started maybe doing branding for an artist or i was Mm -hmm. like in the studio late with like some people who were recording and i just like you know, just, yeah, I just yeah. came on to you like, yeah, yeah. But um, the artist that I was developing an artist before the artist that I'm managing now that mm. didn't work out. But the artist that I'm managing now, I was actually doing her branding for five months. Mm. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so it just worked out that way. You're yeah. Like, I know you. I like your music already. So I, n- why I never really intended to take anyone on as a manager at all. I yeah. never. But I have um, I had a really good idea of like where I could see her growing. Mm. And I just kind of kept like dropping these little nuggets. And then eventually it just sort of happened. And we did a trial for a month, like okay. just to like see what it would be like. And I was taking on more manager ro- like responsibilities. Um, and then after that month was done, we like signed a contract and that's it. Wow. Yeah. So um, so now I actually consult for artists, for independent artists. I do like our consultations and like give them advice on um, branding. And I write a lot of bios for artists. Yeah. Like, like EPKs and stuff yep, like that. Yeah. I do EPKs. Um, I write bios and I just like essentially help that artist who is like starting out really yeah because it's a big world to navigate yeah so it's at least having those resources at least because a lot Mm -hmm. of times artists are coming in not knowing a goddamn thing Mm -hmm. um wow yo that's such a dope story and also I think sorry just to say no go because I was um sort of like this event plug Mm -hmm. um I became the link for for other things like artists would be like, hey, like I want to perform somewhere or hey, I want to throw an event somewhere. Do you know anyone or like, hey, like literally anything that you want in like this kind of like underground DIY scene, like Mm -hmm. I probably have an answer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly totally understand where you're coming from with that because that's kind of like how it all started for me. It was just like me hanging out with a bunch of different DJs and then them introducing me to a bunch of different ty- types of artists and i was just like wow i'm like finding myself in this very niche scene and no one knows about you guys so i'm gonna talk about you guys <laughs> like i'm gonna talk about you guys and take pictures and that's about it that's cool and then you become the connector yeah, yeah. and again the questions it's like oh um people outside of those circles are like oh where are you going oh can you share this like where do you know a venue that i can use do you know a dj that i can have like book for this hour and i'm like yeah go this is where you go here you go I'm like all right I need like a very fluid way of doing this. And I think you found a perfect way by using that newsletter. That was super smart. Yeah. I'd never thought of anything like that. A newsletter is really cool because it gets directly to the people that want to hear what you have to say. Like they've signed up. They know what's expected. You can speak. It's almost like a one-on-one phone conversation. Whereas sometimes Instagram is a little bit like Instagram is kind of like billboard advertising. You can walk right past it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, the newsletter is cool. I also love writing the newsletter because I sort of feel like it's a little mini diary moment for me you know yeah yeah enjoy it I do wow so do you enjoy being a manager so much okay so fun why do you enjoy being a manager like what is 
What about it um, gives you pure joy? Yeah, um, I think it's the same thing that I get enjoyment out of producing events because um, doing production management is like, is synonymous with project management and that's essentially in my mind synonymous with artist management it's Mm. it's overseeing a project and it's like actually quite logistics based so um yeah it's cool that like I get to do creative stuff and that like the branding and my copywriting and my communications um background like kind of comes into play but at the end of the day it's about linking all the different like connecting all the things together and like you know taking a plan and you know taking it step by step and wow um I actually like kind of get off on like logistics <laughs> honestly I kind of feel it. so now yeah. I, I'm doing I do this thing where I text people I'm like so let you want to talk logistics <laughs> that's literally like my like my text I'm like, let's talk logistics yeah and like ooh, okay yeah and, and, and but it's a great I feel like that word is perfect because with it everyone knows like okay we, this is where all the details need to come out like right now yeah like let's get down to business um, so you clearly have a bunch of things that are on your plate. Do you have like a team that helps you? Mm. Like, and if so, like, how did, how did you even get there? Oh, that's such a good question. Okay. So I have a really cool team with Sirius mm. Betty right now. So I, okay. So Sirius Betty's website before the relaunch mm-hmm. and before the, um, radio show, mm-hmm. it used to look a lot like a blog. Like okay. it used to have like content. I would write pieces. I would do music premieres. I'm sure this is like very similar to what you have. Yeah. Um, So then I actually put a call out for um, I wanted writers Mm. and then I wanted um, calendar managers. So Mm. I wanted there to be two different departments and one department would essentially populate the calendar with events and the other team would help write the content. Okay. So I created that and it was really cool, but it actually the content part fell apart. The writers were so hard for me to manage. I had to, I was like being an editor. It was just so much. Yep. I like the calendar idea though, because that's, I feel like that's the problem that I find Mm. in New York city because people, venues put up their own events. Yeah. Um, collectives put up their own events. I thought it would be a smart thing to just reach out to them. Like, Hey, let me know when you're putting up events. Just like send them to me and I could put them all into one thing. But having someone actually just do it instead of like knowing that they're going to post it, just grab it. Yeah. So I got three applications for this calendar manager role. And honestly, it was the role I thought was going to be the hardest to fill. But I got three people and I had phone interviews with each of them. And mind you, like Serious Betty is um, a volunteer run publication. Like any money that we make from events that we throw goes right back into any of our operations expenses. Not these people and me are not making money off of it right now. Yeah. Um, so they knew that that's what it was. It was going to be volunteer based. Um, but when I wrote the job description in quotes, job description, cause it's still volunteer. Yeah. When I wrote it, I said, this is what I need from someone and this is what you'll get in return. So the things that I was going to give these people in return would be things like, um, opportunities to network, mm-hmm. potential job opportunities. So like if there's actually paid work that comes through, you can, you yeah. can h- get that. Yeah. Um, and a reference letter. I'll give you a reference letter for any of your jobs that you're applying for. Yeah. And also like, I help a lot of these people like write their cover letters. You know what I mean? Like we we're a team, like I'm here for you. Yeah. Um, but anyways, how did I, Oh yeah. So yeah, how did you get? Yeah. So then, so three, three people applied and I interviewed all of them and I loved all of them. So I just asked them if they would be down to be a team with me and said like, let's try and see if this role actually could 
be three people and maybe it'll be easier for all of us if there's more people doing this and now my team is fucking sick like one of the girls is my dj on my radio show dope one of the um and then uh the two other people sammy and joanna they're just like essentially event managers Mm -hmm. they both work in marketing and pr so it's like we just basically do shit together now yeah um that's so yeah it's a cool team but it's hard because like a lot of being having a team is about like asking for help Mm. yeah tell me about that but yes i I see it in your face so you seem like the type of person that it took a lot for them to ask for help in the past and like you're now learning to like delegate tasks and like hey yeah can you you help me with this yeah and it's like so I think why the content team fell apart is because I wasn't able to give them proper guidance and leadership. Mm. I did not have it in me to be able, I was like, okay, like this is what I want and this is how the articles should look. But like, I didn't really prune them to like be good at what they were doing. Yeah. The reason why I think the calendar manager team worked out better is because like, I really, you know, events, I know event. Yeah. And I like led them to be successful. Um, but it still is really hard for me to like ask for help. And wait, what was your question? Your question was, yeah, I'm answering it, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So essentially it's like, I need to be able to a ask for help, but also B be able to give these people tools. Like, yeah. you know, you can't just be like, Hey, go out and do this, which is kind of what you were saying earlier about being a really good intern. Mm-hmm. It's like, sometimes the answers aren't actually there for you and you have to just kind of like find it, find yourself. it. But yeah. I'm sure you were a better intern when you had a better mentor or better leader. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. And no. Uh, okay. There's a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like the type of person where if like someone doesn't give me an answer, I'll like just find it myself. Yeah. So yes, going, mm. going off of that, I'll just go and find it. But it's because I know, f- like, I know that if someone doesn't have the answer, I need to get that answer from someone. It might not be from them, but I can go to like their T number or something else. Yeah. And that's just like, I feel like with me and I feel like a lot of people are like this. It's just like, you just trust yourself mm-hmm. and it's really hard to let go. Um, and it sounds like you were able to let go. You're able to let go a lot of like responsibility. And even though you're still able to manage and like yeah. oversee it. And like, I wanted to, I wanted trust. to give more away because I want to do less, but I actually think it's kind of integral to your brand that you don't because mm. like at first I took it's off still growing. It's like, still growing. Yeah. So at first on my Instagram, and on my newsletter, I stopped have being the face mm-hmm. and I started talking more in a we. And I realized that engagement wasn't actually as good. Like yeah. people relate to an I. I, I, I think people relate to a, a person, you know. And so I wanted to include my team as more being Serious Betty. And it's true. They are the Serious Betty team. But honestly, I am Serious Betty. And when I realized that, like, I needed to just be Serious Betty, like, it's actually better for the brand. Yeah. So actually where I'm at right now is, yes, you're right. I have to release control a little bit, but I think at this point I still need to kind of like, I still have to send the DMs to certain people. I yeah. still have to like listen to the music at the end of the day for what's going to be on the radio show. Still with their input. Yeah. But I can't relinquish that control just That's yet. True. Because it's still a new brand. Yeah. You know, like if you just, I, maybe you can relate. Like, yeah, it's not a fully, fully formed thing where you're like, hang time is X, Y, Z. Now follow this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I totally get that. Yeah. Wow, this is super interesting. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like taken aback on the people. Yeah. It's like, oh man. 
yeah i feel like wait so is there any questions that you have for me mm. like i know like as like two people that like run platforms are kind of like have like the same missions really get artists noticed but also give them help them get, like provide resources um yeah knowledge and things like that well i find like i wanted to know what your experience has been with throwing events because a lot of so i started doing igtv educational videos mm -hmm. for emerging artists and for diy event producers mm -hmm. because i felt like i had to like learn a lot from the ground yeah. so like what are you learning now with throwing events so learning now i'm not necessarily learning anything new because i've i've like helped thrown events since like i was 17 mm. um so i've always been putting together events i think if anything the events that i'm doing now i'm like i want them to be very like high scale like in a way i want it to be very high maintenance it, like i think that i'm at a point where they should be high maintenance um but for that they need to there needs to be a team uh um so like for hang time and friends and for hang time magazine hang time the media publisher and company like we want to be able to put artists on like a like a platform or a pedestal that is much higher mm -hmm. than us because at the end of the day like the artists have this goal and ambition to be like a star and we're just there to like help them achieve that goal mm -hmm. um like so with that events is a really key thing like live performances festivals concerts that's something that people really want mm -hmm. especially with music um and that's something that we are trying to build to with events um yeah so i think you can kind of see it like with the showcases like for anyone that does go you see like there's like a formula or format that is had um it's like you have like your dj to provide sound for people to talk and mix um and then the performers for the live performances whether it be like live instruments someone singing rapping um or even producing live because yeah, that's, that's cool. definitely happened before um at our events but it's really just like other things around it as well to kind of like provide an, an experience because it's cool that people can be intimate um but also when like you think of a festival there's also vendors that provides a space and a platform for them that want to help artists um and so it's just like kind of just like including that if anything like so yeah I, I, if anything where i'm at and learning about events is what can be added to it that could bring value to the people that are going mm -hmm. um and that can be beneficial for like us that are throwing it um but yeah are there what it, like in toronto there's a lot of brand mm -hmm. partnerships with like brands are really linked like latching on to these like diy culture creators they, like what's that like in new york they are it's just it's weird because like with new york it's always been like that it's always been diy like you always hear stories about people that um they'll throw like house parties especially like for for jersey specifically and philly too like there's times where like you won't even have a venue to go to at all like the only venue you'll have is a hookah lounge and like there's not even a space for a dj right. um even if it is like a like a tiny akai mixer or some it just like it's not it's not possible so you're going to a loft you're going to somebody's garage um and that's the only thing that you have and at the same time you think about it you're like wow People that are coming from like these very like small like local towns are making it and they're making it from nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure it's the same like where you are too. Like you have these very big mainstream artists that are getting all the acknowledgement and all this recognition, but at the same time they have the help to get there. 
um, and these independent artists don't have that same luxury. And so let's give them that that luxury so that they can at least have a chance. Yes. Um, yeah. So would you say one of your main missions is to be platforming those artists who, oh yeah. who need that first step? Oh, yeah. So, like, our mission, legit, like, hang time's mission, like, whenever I send out, like, our decks to people, the first thing is, like, like our goal is to discover new artists and to provide them resources um, because in the industry right now, there's lack or lack thereof. Cool. Um, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, because, like... Whenever I asked like an independent artist, like do you know this? They're like, I don't know what that is. The tweets that like I see from my like on my own personal Twitter account, because um, people know me as like a DJ or knows me like as the founder creator of Hang Time. So that's another thing. People won't follow Hang Time, but they'll follow me, and they'll just like that's what I, I said about the eye. Yeah, they're just it's like crazy. I know you. <laughs> like I'm like I know you know me. Go to this page. Yeah. Um, but they're still on my page. We're like yeah, they're tweeting. They're like yo. They're like, it's 2019 and you're still like, you're still doing these parties. Do you have an EPK? I'm like, these are real legit questions. These are real questions that artists didn't know about. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a simple like, oh, you can just go on Twitter and someone's talking about it. Um, kind of just pulling that information in and also knowing that coming from like a marketing and communications background, putting that together and like package it up. That's great. Electronic package. Yeah. Electronic <laughs> press kit. Yeah, exactly what it is. Yeah, a little pre- package. package. Yeah. So. It's a lot that goes into into it. It's a lot. It's very stressful, but at the yeah. same time, it's so fun because um, um, you're helping. You're helping people, and, and like you're being creative at the same time doing mm-hmm. it. Also, I don't like being in the limelight. I like being in the background. I can see the that. Business you're a good so DJ, fun. though, eh? Like, <laughs> you know sound so well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're so well. I, yeah. It's very important, especially from an events perspective, and a lot yeah. of live you know, there's a lot of people who throw live events and who are coming from like, you know, a, a good place, but mm-hmm. they don't actually understand sound. Like yeah. for me, if I'm doing an event, I have to work with someone who understands sound. It's very important that I have a sound person yeah. who, who can help me with that stuff. Even like it's like it's crazy because like depending it doesn't matter like what your sound system looks like as long as you know like how to work with what you've got, mm. like everything will be will be good. It was funny. So like yesterday it was I forget it was one of the performers. I think it was the second, the first act. It was the first. I know it was the second act. It was right before the second act, where I had went behind the speaker and I like fixed like the DB. Like I just m- just put it up a little bit because I heard that the bass was like a little muffled. And there was this kid that was standing by the booth, and he just looked at me and he did the head nod and like did like a wink. And I was like, yeah, no, I know. He knows. I, yeah, he, he, he knew. Like he saw. Like, he heard. <laughs> I'm like, I hear it too. I'm like, I'm, I got it. That's good. And he was just like, yo, you know your sound. I'm like. <laughs> and that's what takes your events to that yeah. high level. That yeah. higher level is that your sound production is really, really good. Yeah, yeah, it's really that important. space um, that you hosted the party in though was really, really beautiful too. Yeah, I love it. I like so nice. It's not my space, but I just saw. I was just like, oh god, I need to take care of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so precious. No, it's great, and everyone was super respectful. Yeah, which I think it's really awesome. I know that's the second time. Like people were very respectful. I'm like, no one wants to cause shit. They yeah. just want to enjoy good music and talk to good people. Yeah, and that's I love that. That's the vibe that. Yes, it's going in the direction. It's so good. You yeah. should um, consider um, having the discussion part be a focus of your event. Like, yes, we all talk together. What is that something you're doing? That was something that was <laughs> definitely supposed to be a part of. Um, so planning the event actually had someone who was going to be a host. Oh, um, and what cool. she was going to do was actually do interviews with artists. So this is where the hang time and friends came from. So we separated the podcast cool. element. But we did want p- 
pieces. So like we'll be basically on the ground with the mics, like talking to people, like, yeah. "Yo, how are you guys enjoying the show? It's dope. All right, cool, bet." And then we upload it later. So that was like that's actually like the whole concept. Mm. But I didn't want the idea to go away, and I wanted to still do it. So I was like, "You can always add on to it." Yep. Um. So yeah, that's cool. So I yeah, I think that that would be really great because then you have a full three sixty situation. I think that's yep. so good. Yo, we're here. We're here. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks Yo. for talking. It was so Thank good. I knew that this was going to be a good conversation. Yeah. So I was like, okay, here we yeah. go. <laughs> but uh, this comes to an end. Yes. yes. We're going to stop it here. But thank you all for tuning in again. It's just so great. Um, you're listening to the Hang Time and Friends podcast at the Storytime Studios. Thank you to Indie Creative Network for hosting us. And thank you to Jessica D'Angelo. Yes, yes, a.k.a. Serious Betty, yo. Yes, <laughs> thank you. You can find us at Hangtime Magazine, Serious Betty, um, Unrated Ebony. Peace out.